we've been talking about covenants. We've been talking about the New Testament. Uh, I explained thoroughly what a testament is, what a covenant is. Uh, we spoke about the fact that a covenant is a, uh, a fortified promise <laughs> or a promise with an oath. So when somebody uh, gives a, a, cuts a covenant, he takes his promise to another level. And then we said it is always sealed by blood. Every covenant has to be sealed by blood. And especially with God because it means that death has occurred. He gives us the covenant by blood to indicate that if he does not perform, it means that he's dead. But he's alive to ensure that his covenant stays. So that is what a covenant is. And we spoke about the fact that a testament is a will. A will that is enforced only after death. And Jesus gave us a testament, meaning that his death was to ensure that which he had said. So this morning, as we go into the word and we look into his goodness, his kindness, we want to believe God. We want to thank God that everything that his word claims that we have, we possess. We possess it. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go deeper in terms of the testament and the covenant. I, I will be using the, those words interchangeably. Bear with me. They are all the same thing. It's just that one is fortified after death. <laughs> One, he must live to ensure that it stays. Hallelujah. So look at the God who made the heavens and the earth. One time he lives forevermore. Another time he dies, thereby making the testament fortified. You understand? So he, the believer is called to enjoy two things, the covenant and the testament. Hallelujah. If you understand the scriptures this way, they give you upper hand. They give you the right to enjoy God's best. They give you the place of liberty. They give you the place of uh, assurance that when men are going down, you won't go down. And we've been studying the life of Abraham. And so many things happen. Because of the covenant, we spoke about the fact that when you have a covenant, when Abraham had a covenant with God, they exchanged places. So that when Melchizedek met Abraham, he said, Blessed be Abraham. Ah, <laughs> blessed be Abraham. <laughs> The God of the heaven and the earth. So he, he didn't know whether he was saying, Abraham, you are the owner of the heaven and the earth. Or he was saying God. Meaning that they had come into union so much that whatever Abraham had, it was as a result of what God had. Hallelujah. So we spoke about that and we spoke about the fact that one, one of the identities or the, the, the things that happen with the covenant is that you exchange identities. So we, we saw that in the typical example of the covenant of Jonathan and David. So Jonathan had to now take off his uh, royal robe and give it to David. So at that point, that was when they exchanged, the mean, meaning that David was now brought into the realm of royalty. You understand? Yes. And, and you have to understand there are so many spiritual significance to it because at that time, it was Jonathan that was supposed to succeed his father Saul. But once he took off his jacket or his garment and gave it to David, it means that David had now become the strength, the, 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 the person to succeed. Do you understand? No wonder he became king. Now, we spoke about so many things, but I'll just give four points of what we spoke about last week, just to do a quick recap. We say covenants bring change of looks and, and glory. So if one is, is low, once you enter a covenant with a higher body or higher being, you assume the greatness, the glory of that person. Hallelujah. The next thing we said is that covenants ensure salvation. 
with God, the first thing that covenant does is that it gives you the assurance, the blessing, the place of grace, the place of strength. That is what the covenant does. The next one we say covenant ensures that we see justice. In other words, when, when things are going against us, the hand of the Lord will rise up. Now, justice is this in the sense that anybody who is in the covenant must stand to benefit from the covenant. So if there is anything that stops you from enjoying the covenant, immediately God appears on the scene. A typical example is twice when the Lord came through for Abraham. When Abraham went into uh, the land of Egypt looking for bread, he returned richer. The reason is because the man saw his wife and said, I wanted your wife. Abraham told him, she's my sister. But God had to come through for him and said, in fact, God, <laughs> God said, I will kill you and your household. Why? Because it was a time of the covenant. That when the covenant is enacted or cut, it doesn't matter whether you are right or you are wrong. The stronger party must rise up because it's a covenant. Do you understand? So that's what covenants do. Covenants ensure an inseparable union between two people. So just as uh, for a husband and a wife, they are only separable by death. It is the same way once we are in covenant with God, we can only separate when there's no life between us and God. But don't forget, the thing that God does is this. When he gave, he brought about the new covenant, it was by the blood of Jesus, as we saw in the book of Hebrews. So that as he's eternal, he translates our natural nature. He translates our mortality into immortality so that we can also come into that realm where we live forever. So the covenant we have with God is an everlasting one through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Now this morning I want to go quickly into what I want to share. Now in the book of um, Isaiah 42 from verse 6, there is something remarkable. We spoke about the fact that the touch and the pot of smoke crossed each other. That was last week, Sunday. Now today, we want to see what Jesus is. He said, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and, and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, a light to the Gentiles. So God was telling Jesus, this is a prophecy about Jesus, that God himself is going to give him as a covenant. So Jesus coming on the earth was a release or the realization of that covenant, which was long spoken of by the prophets. So Jesus is the one who cuts the covenant. Now, don't forget, please give me the third picture. Now, you have to understand that in this time, now the passing of Jesus is now playing out. And he, he must stop playing out in types in the Old Testament so that when the time of glorification comes, the next one, the pot and the fire, yes, then we must understand who he is. Hallelujah. Okay, so we said that this is the pot of smoke and this is the torch of fire. Now, the thing about the smoke and the torch of fire is this. This is God because God, man fell. That was Adam. Adam fell. And so Adam was in the bad books of God. But God in his wisdom said, I am not going to destroy man forever. But I cannot do it by words, by mere words. So the Lord had to now enforce his words by a covenant. Hence, he brought the touch of fire. The touch of fire is the justice of God. Now listen to, to this one carefully. It is also the righteousness of God. 
In fact, it depicts the holiness of God. This, in other versions, is called a furnace. In other words, a place of burning, a place of judgment, a place where people are consumed. But this is called the touch of fire. It is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I will talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit interchangeably. Whatever Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. The Bible calls him the Spirit of grace, meaning that the day that the judgment of God and the righteousness of God changed hands, or pass through the cut meat or the carcass. That was the day the covenant was enacted on behalf of Abraham. So what he means is that this is God carrying his judgment. And this is Christ carrying the righteousness of God. The justice of God. In that he was supposed to be given according to Isaiah 42. That he was supposed to be given as a covenant to the people. Even to the Gentiles. So as Jesus was standing on this side, he represented the covenant token of the, of the Gentiles. He represented the covenant token of the world. So Jesus was standing in our stead. In that night when Abraham fell asleep, Jesus was standing in the place of Abraham and his seed. Do you understand what is happening? So at that time, when the judgment and the righteousness of God changed hands, what it means is that every man who is found in Christ changed position from the place of judgment to the place of righteousness, from the place of condemnation to the place of justice, from the place of lowliness in the place of darkness into the kingdom of light. Why? Because we have a perfect substitute in the person of the touch of jesus or, or christ or god himself hallelujah and i said that this is the holy spirit that is why when the holy spirit comes into you he sets you ablaze now look at something this one is smoke it talks about something that has already been burnt and has gone through the, the, the process of ashes but this one talks about the thing that ignites onto life so the touch ignites onto life it is the holy spirit giving you life unto everlasting hallelujah but this one talks about the burning into condemnation so it was on that night that the new testament was carried out in the old testament no wonder the bible says that abraham saw my day kadutaya jesus said abraham saw my day and he was glad in fact when you look at it carefully it was that day that the judgment of god exchanged places with the righteousness of god so when you look at me and you look at any believer all over the world whether they know it or not they have been translated from the place of judgment into, they've been translated from the place of judgment into the place of righteousness and the place of justice. So when you want to look for sin in the believer, it is not there. Because why? Jesus became sin for the believer. It is another topic, but I just want to touch on it because you will have to understand that that which happened on that night when Abraham fell into that sleep, that deep sleep, and he saw everything in a trance, it was actually the fortification of the said covenant that was supposed to be materialized when Jesus appeared on the earth. So this covenant was long, long ago cut by God and Jesus on behalf of man. So God the Son and God the Father had a covenant so that we Christians or believers become beneficiaries or children of the covenant. So when you look at me, I cannot stand in any place and say I merit anything by my own, but I can stand in the name of Jesus and declare that this morning my life is turning around or my life has actually turned around because of the covenant between Jesus and God. Hallelujah. And don't forget the reason why Jesus had to step in is because Abraham was mortal. Abraham was weak. I am weak. You 
are weak. Every human being is weak. We don't have what it takes to stand in the, in the place of an immortal God. So God in his wisdom decided that I will substitute man's position for my position. Hallelujah. So Jesus, so Jesus being God, the son, separated himself from God, the father. And between the son and the father, they had a covenant on behalf of man. So that any man who believes in Jesus stands in the place of the son. That is why by covenant, I'll come there, but in covenant, we don't beg. In covenant, we make demands. Because according to the the, the, the rudiments of the covenant, one party, whatever one party owns, belongs to the other. Example is a wife and a husband. Once a man is married to a woman, his bank account is no more his. Anybody who believes that they are married and they have a covenant with their wife, yet their bank account is still theirs, it's just a clear sign that you did not understand what a covenant is. But the true rudiments of a covenant is that once you are married to a person, what the person is you become and what you are the person becomes. And ideally, anybody who has a covenant with a greater person, you have to use common sense by allowing the person's greatness to overshadow your weakness. You understand? So in this case, Jesus being the perfect the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect substitute for man is everything that we ever hoped to be, yet we couldn't. We couldn't become. So, Jesus became that very thing so that we can stand in the place of enjoying who God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So, this morning, this is what this scripture brought out to us. He said he will give him, he will give Jesus unto us. He will be the, the token of the covenant. He said, I will give you unto the people for a covenant. Hallelujah. For the Gentiles as a covenant. So when I have Jesus, I know that I have entered the covenant. I am not in the place of begging. I am not in the place of fear. I'm not in the place of not knowing what will happen. I know my destiny. I know my future. Declare it over your life. Say, I know who I am. I am a blessed man in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So covenant sacrifice, which is Jesus, was the lamb. Jesus is the medium by which the covenant was made. This Jesus was the person who brought the covenant, made it common before God and man. Now, there is one thing that also happens with the covenant. Anytime you take on covenant, you assume the name of the greater party. No wonder when a husband and a wife marries, it doesn't matter what happens. The man will have to, the woman will actually have to take the name of the man. And in fact, there are other portions of the world where they, it is turned other way around. <laughs> Hallelujah. But either way, there's a union. <laughs> and one takes another person's name. Hallelujah. But the point here is this. The covenant brings you into a common usage of a name. In Genesis, 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 Genesis 17, 3 to 5. Genesis 17, 3 to 5. Let's look at this thing again. Then, Abram, consider his name. Now his name is called Abram. Fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, mm -hmm, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, Kalutaha, and you shall be a father of many nations. Next. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you, I have made you, a father of many nations. We all understand, well, not everybody, but we know that in Hebrew, the word 
the, the, you know there's an age. Hey, it, it, it represents the breath of God. The spirit of God. So God put himself in him. Why? He put the age in, in there, which is, which is the very life of God, the very person of God or his name. In fact, in Hebrew, it is yud he vav he That is Jehovah. So his name is his breath. Ada. And at this point, God put his name into Abraham. Meaning that Abraham had now carried upon himself the name that carries glory. So if you marry and the name of your husband does not carry glory, you see the effect. Hallelujah. Kadava. <laughs> the same way if you marry a man who is glorified by God, Hey, the, everybody is happy because why? I am the wife of so-so and so. The reason being that you married a glorified man or a man whose name carries honor or respect. Hallelujah. So one of the things that comes with a covenant is that you change names. You take upon the name. And guess what? Mm, in the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, ch chapter 1 verse 9, sorry. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. There's a remarkable scripture that I want us to look at. He said, for God, God is faithful by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the word called is the word surnamed. For God is faithful whom ye were surnamed in fellowship. So what it means is that in Christ Jesus, we were surnamed by God. Because it must happen that, and you see, God is so wise. He covers every angle of his word so that every standard that the covenant must produce is produced by his word. When you find it in his word, you can hold on to it and work with it. So now listen, that is why anytime you say in the name of Jesus, it makes sense now that when you say in the name of Jesus, what it means is that one who was called or who is said named to have fellowship with the son of God has now come. So when you say in the name of Jesus, it is as though Jesus is making demand of that which you desire so believer listen to me this morning you are a blessed person you are a blessed man you are a blessed generation everything you do is fortified by god himself because it is in his name that you are blessed hallelujah praise jesus so covenant brings oneness between god and man by the usage of one name so so that is why there are christians everywhere ah they first called us Christians in the Bible because they saw Christ-like attitude, Christ-like manifestations. And this is what the Lord has called us to do in the name of Jesus. Genesis 15, from verse 17 to 18. Genesis 15, we are still talking about Abraham. Let's look at something again. So I spoke about the fact that in this portion... The smoke represents God himself, the father. And then the burning torch represents the son, which I spoke about earlier. Now, you have to understand the pot of smoke, which is God the father, was here to judge us all because we were not right with God. Everybody was walking his own way or were on their own path leading to destruction. But once Jesus appeared in the case, he changed the dimension. He changed the course. Listen to something carefully. Whereas formerly... We couldn't have come into covenant with God because the judgment of God was already standing there and waiting for man. Jesus, when Jesus appeared, it was necessary that God had to cross the other side. Meaning that God was always standing there and always waiting to condemn man. But the day Jesus appeared, which is another portion of God, coming into the light to say, Lord, let your overall judgment 
be consumed by me. That was when man was able to enter into the regions of God. So we now come into the place of God so that the covenant that the son took in place of Abraham will be fulfilled on our part. When I stand today to begin to declare things, to begin to expect good for my life, I am not afraid because why? Somebody stood in my place and make sure that that covenant stands even up to today. Now listen to something. I said to you that the covenant is sustained by life. Once death occurred, occurs, it is done. So a covenant is sustained by life. Jesus lives forevermore to ensure that that covenant stands. God himself lives forevermore. God the Father lives forevermore to ensure that that covenant stands. So as a believer, I can launch into the covenant and declare that by the proceeds of the covenant, let me enjoy my life on the earth. I don't have to go to heaven to enjoy. Right on the earth, the covenant speaks here. It is an eternal covenant and it started on the earth so that I can begin to enjoy it right on the earth before I go into heaven. So believer, it is a time of advantage when you understand the covenant. It is a place of advantage when you begin to take advantage of the covenant in prayer, in declarations, even in action. In fact, he says in the book of Psalm 50, he says, let all those who have a covenant with me by sacrifice come unto me. So you can come unto God by your sacrifice and it is a covenant. So listen, covenants do not negate your portion of the sacrifice. In fact, they fortify it thereby making it a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. God says, thou shalt not lie. Yet he had to protect Abraham when Abraham lied. He shut the womb of Pharaoh. He shut the womb of Abimelech's house. He said, listen, if you don't know, you touch that man. He's a dead man. That is what I said. Because anytime you attack a man who is in covenant, you are attacking the other stronger party. So when, they, when, he, when he was taking Sarah's wife, he was literally taking God's wife. He was literally taking God's wife. Because now whatever God had, Abraham had. And whatever Abraham had, God had. Do you understand? They exchanged their places. So nothing could stop Nothing could stop Abraham. Listen, it is in the covenant that one party of the covenant will be at fault. But it is expedient that the other party who is innocent to the problem will have to come and stand behind the party who is at fault and fight for him. Isn't that what Jesus did? men were doomed to death because the bible says that every soul that sins shall die so we were doomed to death because we had all sin in fact we seminally sinned in adam we are all in adam when we sin but once we came into christ jesus now assumed our place and begin to fight for us why because he's the strongest of the one in the covenant he had to fight for us so that we can enjoy the benefits of the covenant so one of the benefits of a covenant is that you don't enter a fight and expect to finish the fight alone in fact immediately the fight pops up god himself shows up he say hey a covenant child is at war i must show myself strong 
a covenant child desires something i must prove my faithfulness a covenant child is in need of support i must be available this is the god we are talking about we are called to enjoy the benefits of a covenant somebody in the name of jesus hallelujah god is never angry with a covenant child did you hear that i said god is never ever angry with a covenant child listen to me in the name of jesus god is never ever angry with a covenant child the reason is because a covenant child is one who is so blessed beyond a case oh tadi bigadoata hallelujah praise jesus do you know that in the, the children of israel when they left the, the egypt and they were sojourning into their promised land the first three months nobody died but the day the day they said they don't want to live by the covenant of abraham which is the everlasting covenant and that god they were ready to live by the rudiments and the laws that god gives and that was when the uh, sinaitic law was enacted or the covenant that was when they had to merit everything by their deeds in fact the first requirement of the covenant on that day was that i am going up the mountain you will see smoke and you will see flames of fire on the mountain he said let nobody come close to the mountain even if an axe hmm, an ox sorry or a cattle or a group a group of heads run towards the mountain to the foot of the of the mountain not to the top but to the foot of the mountain they are required to be shot with a dart they must die now listen to something on that day just that day that the law was given three thousand people died why because when you move from a place of a covenant that is sealed by blood for eternity's sake and you want to live by your own standards you will die before your time in fact you will not enjoy the best of god at all but it is in the covenant of the everlasting blood that gives us assurance to enter the presence of the lord hallelujah hallelujah now in covenant you have to learn to pray there are seven thousand promises in the bible and do you know that promises are futuristic in other words when i tell you that i promise you i'll give you my phone i'm telling you that i will do something in the future so everything the lord promised abraham they were futuristic but the day it became a covenant every covenant ensures that at that moment that which is futuristic is now pulled from the future into the present listen to the word of the lord i said everything that has a promise is actually futuristic but once we talk about a covenant a, a covenant deals with fact what it means is that that which you are hoping to have has now been precipitated it has now been pulled from the future into your now so by covenant we don't pray that in the future i will have in in by the covenant we decree and declare that by the fact of the covenant i am begin i am walking in the blessing of the law that is what a covenant is that is what a covenant is hallelujah praise jesus now facts are evidence <laughs> facts are evidence they are things that have already occurred if you don't have a fact to a matter you don't have anything to say but once you have a fact it means that it is an evidence that something has already occurred when there are promises you plead and beg for them 
but when they are facts you don't plead and beg for them because facts are evidence that things have already occurred so covenant turns promises into facts oh 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 <laughs> let's go to genesis 13 there are two scriptures that make it possible genesis 13 verse 15 genesis 13 verse 15 let's look at the covenant eh? the promise of god that has now been turned into a covenant so he says for all the land which you see i will give and your descendants forever hallelujah so this is something that the lord said he will do he will do now let's go to genesis 15 18 He says what? On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, to your descendants, I have given. He said he has done what? Given. I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. So the place of the promise has now moved into the place of a covenant. Covenants are present day realities promises are futuristic but when we talk about covenants we stand in the place of taking now that is why healings that are by covenant we are not supposed to look forward to healing we walk in divine health we walk in divine health our bodies do not fall sick when sickness comes our bodies have what it takes by the invigorative power of the holy ghost to destroy that which attacks our body why because by covenant we are demanded to walk in divine health we don't try to be healed we are healed in the name of jesus so covenant makes the promises real they take them from the future and bring them into the now that is why as a believer one of the ways to pray is i demand in the name of jesus that it is done unto me i demand in the name of jesus listen by covenant we don't beg oh don't go begging god he said come before me with all boldness that you may obtain mercy in boldness we obtain mercy when it comes to god you need to enter by boldness so that you can obtain mercy it is by boldness that we take in the in the by the covenant we don't beg you command in the name of jesus it reminds me of the of the scripture john 14 13 and 14 this is Jesus himself talking. Find out what is yours by the covenant. And begin to pray by this one. John 14, 13 and 14. And whatsoever or whatever you ask in my name. The word ask is the word in the Greek command. So let's put it well. Whatever you command in my name. Whatever you command in my name. That will I that the father may be glorified so it means that anytime the believer now don't forget this is the words of jesus himself talking this is jesus himself himself talking meaning that he had now enacted the covenant because he had died and resurrected he said whatever you you shall you you ask in my name you command in my name or you demand in my name that will i do that the father may be glorified so in christ jesus we make demands we command in the name of jesus we don't beg beg who the one you are in covenant with 
the one by which you stand in victory the one who has opened up the holy of holies unto you so that his secret place is your dwelling place iota we don't try to enter the secret place it is open we flood into that place in and out because it is by covenant he said whatsoever or whatever you demand in my name that will i do that the father may be glorified in the son 14. if you demand anything in my name i will do it twice he says it to the believer so by the covenant i should be able to demand anything and see it come to pass in my life this is the blessing of the lord this is the glory of the lord upon the believer hallelujah hallelujah so i was meditating on this scripture last night again and then the holy spirit dropped this massive word in my spirit listen to what he says he says the height of faith is not begging but demanding he said the height the increased position the lofty position of faith is not begging is to lay hold by demanding so the man who has faith will step into the place the man who has knowledge of what the faith of jesus is doing in his heart will step into the place of demanding regardless and say in the name of jesus i desire and you will see that a <laughs> I desire B and it shall spring to you because why by that God is glorified in the Sun listen without us God does not see glory in the Sun we are the expression of his glory upon the earth the believer is called to express the glory of God upon the earth in Christ Jesus hallelujah demand for all the things god gave to you by the testament of jesus christ you must demand for it you must demand for it in fact in the writings of paul he amplifies that which jesus wanted to say but couldn't say in his time because the bible says that he said you are dull of understanding you are dull of hearing we are not able to comprehend fully what his intentions are so he had to die thereby enforcing the testament and after that he placed into our spirit the wisdom of god which is the spirit of god so that when he speaks we can be able to understand his his intention we can able to grasp what he's trying to say so in our time the spirit of the lord has given us understanding that we may flourish and live by listen believer you have been brought into the place so that the spirit of god in you will cause you to have boldness in demanding will cause you to have boldness in commanding in the name of jesus hallelujah the covenant is a position of greatness the covenant is the position of victory the covenant is the position of fighting and seeing victory in your fight nobody goes down by the covenant we are ascending by the covenant in fact we are exalted by the covenant in the name of jesus hallelujah i'm about to end there's a remarkable scripture my wife and i were reading it and i got a revelation but i heard it from her 
Let's share something here. Do you know that there was a wise man before Solomon? The Bible regards him the wisest before Solomon dethroned him. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 31. First Kings chapter 4, verse 31. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite. So he was talking about the king, right? Solomon. So he was wiser than Ethan the Ezraite, meaning that before Solomon it was Ethan. Ethan was the wisest. Do you know why they regarded Ethan as the wisest? Because Ethan had understanding of the covenant between David and God. Now, after some time, there was a trouble in Israel. And Ethan, by the scriptures in the book of Psalms 89, Ethan started speaking. Let's go to Psalm 89. Let's start from verse 34. Ethan started speaking because Ethan wrote the book of Psalm 89. He was a priest. He was part of the people who were in the temple ministering. And the children of Israel regarded him as wise. Now listen. He said, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my mouth. Now, this is the word of God unto David. Hallelujah. Let's jump to verse 49. Verse 49. I end here. Israel regarded Ethan as a wise man. He said, Lord, where are your former loving kindness? It is the word Hesed. Which you swore to David in your truth. The word is oath. Kadu Atabaha. Next. I'm going to 51. Remember, Lord, the reproach of your servants. How I bear in my bosom the reproach of all that, all the many peoples. Next. With which your enemies have reproached, O Lord. With which they have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. Now, Ethan, in prayer, started declaring the victory of Israel based on the covenant. Any man who lives by the covenant is regarded as a wise man. Because at this time, when the children of Israel were suppressed and they were oppressed by their enemies, the only thing that Ethan could do was to activate the benefits of the covenant and begin to pray on this wise. And listen to what he said. Listen to what he said in verse 51. He said, with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord. Anytime you are in a covenant with somebody, your enemies becomes the enemies of the one you are in covenant with. So the enemies of Israel became the enemies of God. At this point, let me ask you, who is it that says that you are not going to succeed on this earth? Who is it that says that unless I die, this person will not see their fruitfulness? Who is it? That person has entered a losing fight. Kanoata. They have the battle is a mismatch. 
they can't even stand a day they can't stand a second activate the benefits of the covenant activate the speakings of the covenant speak it in every corner and the wisdom of god will play out for you in the name of jesus hallelujah the lord himself will step in your case and begin to put things in order this morning before i end we need to put pressure on the covenant or on the new testament we need to put pressure on it we have to make sure that we enjoy god's best no matter what happens around us we must enter the place of enjoying his best all the time when men say they are going down we are we are always going to say there is a lifting up because why the hand of the lord is there to lift us up in jesus mighty name amen this morning let the covenant speak for you let the covenant lead you let the covenant direct your path let the covenant order your steps into greatness when men don't know what to do you will know what to do because you are blessed and you are favored of the lord in jesus mighty name declare by the covenant everything you want to see in the name of jesus